Hey everybody, welcome back to another Bar Talks, the podcast. And tonight, or today, depending on when you're listening to this um, podcast, it is our final episode (laughs) of um, our three-part series um, of talking with survivors of domestic violence and uh, life after after, um, abuse. So... Please join us for another very candid discussion um, about our stories, uh, the experiences that we had. My guests, my friends joined me and we talked and we had a few others to stop by in this episode. So, you know, you may hear a few, uh, some different voices, Um, but, you know, they joined me in being very transparent, um, talking about something as sensitive as you know, our experience in a re- in a less than um, ideal relationship, um, we talk about the love. We talk about you know what we wanted. We have some real strong emotions to come up in this discussion or this part of our discussion, and um, I just hope that you can. Um, understand that our hearts and um, our minds are pure. We really want to help others, but believe it or not, having these conversations still helps who we are. It, it, you know, it allows us to help ourselves. Um, It's not that we are so far removed from those relationships. We, you know, have healed and we want to help others. You know, I'll tell you really quick before we go into our discussion you know, you might've heard me say this before. I knew what I was in. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong before I ever started dating him. And when I started dating him, I allowed myself to love him. I allowed myself to be open to the possibilities. I allowed myself to believe in a person that all of my energy said that I should not. Um, but I gave love a chance. And unfortunately, in giving love a chance, I gave love a chance to a person that was very, very toxic and very volatile. And he explained this to me. He told me this is who he was. And me being the person that I was, um, I wanted to still love him through all of that pain. I wanted to just do that. So if you're listening and this is who you are, you know, understand that being the person that we are, being this you know, it opens us up for a lot of abuse and it opens us up for tolerance of unhealthy, toxic situations. I knew that the relationship was toxic. And, and so I tried to get out of it several times and I had to plan the proper um, exit strategy because, because my love for him was very genuine and had it, you know, I mean, I probably was trying to figure out ways that I could tolerate the madness, you know, And I know you may be listening, you may find yourself in this situation, but listen, if you know it's not right, you know it's not going anywhere, sweetheart, pack your bags up, get a hold of your feelings, and let's get out of there and let's get some help. Don't stay, don't stay for abuse, don't stay for the children. I mean, if it's toxic and you know it's unhealthy and it's not getting better, then trust me, you don't want to keep your kids in it either. They're going to grow up having trauma from this relationship. So be wise um, in your movement. Um, Yeah, be wise in your movement. Uh, We are not therapists. Well, there is one therapist on the show, (laughs) but I am not a therapist. I am a a life coach. Um, So I don't want, you know, I don't want anyone to, to say, you know, the therapist said, I'm not a therapist. I'm only talking from my own personal experience. And um, the fact that I've took some time to study and to try to further understand my behavior, how it showed up in a relationship with a toxic person um, and how I became toxic from being in that relationship, because that can happen as well. Uh, I want us all to heal and I want us all to be healthy and I want us to continue moving forward. Um, My peace is my power and I'm sure it's yours as well. So Enjoy the show, part three. Buckle up and stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, good. Then mine, I, I'm, I'm buying a house, right? So now I've heard that he didn't, this is his third house he's buying. Like, wow. Like, 
everything I've do, done, he's doing. Like, he's doing. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm buying. I haven't bought another house, but why are you living in a shelter then? If you, yeah. if you have three homes, why are you in a shelter? Yeah, <laughs> it makes you feel like you're crazy. Like cooking for you. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. You making me fried chicken. I'm trying to go walk. You tell me you're not going to walk because you work all day and you walk. The next thing I know, this he out here walking. After it's over. I'm like, I thought you weren't walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's it's it's, 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 it's like we've crazy. dated the same person because we dated the same personality trait right mm -hmm. uh i went through the same thing same same thing uh, you know like i was sharing like he met me i'm vegan and he starts cooking me all this salmon and so in order for me to say okay you know i go to the doctor and i figure out why i need to eat salmon so i start eating salmon you know because that's what he's cooking and then as soon as we split he went full staunch vegan was calling me hey <laughs> You made this recipe that I'm taking, and he's taking it all to his job to impress the people. And I'm thinking, oh, what? You, you, again, <laughs> again. So it's it's very much what Patricia said. Like when you see these things, go ahead and yeah. and reinforce the boundary. Like no, mm -hmm. but sometimes we want to bend and sway because mm -hmm. you know we want to be soft and feminine mm -hmm. and let the man lead and or let the partner whatever. But you can't do that with everybody. And I think it's just really, it's so important for us to see the flags early and know that that person can't, they, you can't ride this ride with me, bro. Mm -hmm. Like that, that you person, you can't do that. And, and the, the other part of that is you gotta have, you know, once you've established the boundaries and you see the package coming, you gotta have self-compassion with yourself. Yeah. I know we talk about self-love, but you can't get to self-love until you have self-compassion. You have to be that girlfriend to yourself that you are to your girlfriends out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I help people to understand that that is where it starts. Do you sit down and you give yourself that pep talk? You know, okay, you fell down today, but you know what? Go and go to bed. Tomorrow's another day. We'll, we'll, we'll get at it fresh. You know, the same conversation you would have. We already have this self-talk in our head anyway. Yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and replace it and make it a positive self-talk to give yourself compassion and grace. Mm -hmm. I made a mistake. This wasn't for me. I didn't know any better, but by the grace of God, I know better. So now I do better. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that grace. That, yeah. that, that, that's where you have to come. And that takes you out of the resentment, the negativity, because even though we've experienced a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, there's a message mm -hmm. in that mess yeah. that's going to propel you. I, and, I, and I have to speak truth to light because that is the mess that took me from being with no degree mm -hmm. to now my doctoral program. That message and that mess that took me to become a counselor is that mess that became my focus of work. So when you sit back and you look at that, that I like to call mind drama, mm -hmm. that mind drama has a lot of messages in there. If you just sit back and be honest with yourself and are willing to do the work, you will get to a place in your life where you will be like, I don't even remember those days yeah. because so many blessings are coming your way. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I hope the listeners are, are hearing that. That, that is, That's a word. Um, so speaking of, <clears throat> you know, that understanding and offering yourself grace and compassion, um, I want to ask you all quickly, uh, because we're going to be wrapping up in a moment, but I want to just ask quickly, um, you know, what was the hardest part, you know, about leaving that toxicity or that abusive relationship and or um, I know many of us, our, our abusers were narcs as well. So what was the hardest part about breaking free from that person? To accept that reality that that person never loved you. Uh, they didn't even like you as a person. And to actually come out of the denial stage and say, hey, um, this whole relationship, it wasn't real. And in your mind, like you had it, like this person loved me. Uh, they cared about me to actually accept that truth 
that was the hardest part. And to actually let go of that facade that you were in, that was actually the hardest part of um, letting go. Because it's like you wanted to hold on to the good, the so-called good times that you had and the so-called fun times and this, but it all was a facade. It all was a part of their their cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, mm, it being a part of their cycle. That's a... Mm -hmm. That's huge when I really think about that. What What about you, Patricia? The hardest thing was for me, to be honest, because I was so young and I stayed for so long, you know, um, in a in a in a in a, um, a crazy marriage, was realizing the role I played in that, mm-hmm. and I played a hero, huge role in that. Mm-hmm. Getting over that fear to take the first step. You know, with 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 a child, because my other one had grown, and I was left with that one that you remember ten years later. Still mm-hmm. have that one left. Um, that was the hardest thing. But what I had to do was I put distance, and when I moved up here, I just cut off all contact. When when it was time for her to see her father. They didn't even know where I lived at. I had, we had a meeting spot and my daughter took them. I went, I faded to black mm-hmm. because I needed to work on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I realized I was broken. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and it, coming to that realization was hard. Yeah, yeah. But then you were able to start your healing process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, it starts with acceptance. Yeah, acceptance. Kind of like, just like alcoholism. I had hey. to accept that I- Well, steps, girl. <laughs> and in that in my brokenness was the step one and I put myself back to school and I studied psychology because I wanted to know what would cause a person to do the things I did yeah and it and just ran with it yeah yeah Nikki what about you I want to say the same thing as Patricia like the brokenness um and also you know um wanting them to love to to love you and you can't believe that they can't love so yeah and and really was the brokenness for me like um i I didn't want to go back into the same thing that i just left out of Mm -hmm. you know five years ago almost six years ago so i don't know how to put this but and I don't want to cry because I just feel like, you know, it's just like, I didn't want to repeat that cycle of being hurt over it and over it. Okay. You know? It's okay. It's okay. And it's like, just take a like breath all and my, breathe. All, all my life I've been hurt over and over and over by male men, you know? And it's like, okay it's okay all i wanted him to do is love me mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all i wanted was his love mm-hmm. it's okay. i didn't want anything else from him but his love mm-hmm. and so there's stories to tell and there are so many women that are looking to hear what you have to say yeah. that your healing is going to come as you're ministering Absolutely. Believe that. And that's why I wrote the books because the first book is off, you know, uh, my husband leaving me and all that. That's the first book. And then the second book is a continuation. And then I share, you know, the story of being with this person, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the third book is going to be the straight out story that Mm -hmm. I didn't get to share in the first, the second book, Mm -hmm. because I do want to help people, you know, to let them know, you know, love yourself and your self-worth is everything you know and i'm just saying you know that i know i'm worth more than this i I know that my self-worth i know that i deserve more than what he was giving me less just using me and abusing me you know i know i'm worth more than that yeah Yeah, you don't ever have to second guess that don't and they they will make you second you know from from this day forward you don't ever have to second guess. you don't have to convince nobody just show up Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is enough 
Mm-hmm. Just show up. That is enough. Michelle, would you like to share um, a little bit about uh, the hardest part for you with leaving that toxic relationship before we yeah. move on? So my story is a lot like Nikki. Um, I've been out six months, uh, seven months now. I, I broke free. But my background is much like yours. Um, I'm 53. I'm trying not to cry. I'm 53. Mm. And I've been married before several times before and in no relationship that i've ever been in have i felt loved i don't know what love feels like i don't know what that feels like for someone to love me unconditionally so i met somebody who's not capable of loving me the Mm -hmm. hardest part about me leaving him was i felt sorry for him because he had no matter he's on my medical insurance he had no medical insurance he has diabetes and I stayed because I felt sorry for him, even though he was a liability for me, even though he's costing me on my medical insurance. He's costing me over almost $400 extra a month out of my paycheck. Mm. And so I had to, I still have to get comfortable in my aloneness. And I was just telling my sister this the other day. I have to get comfortable in my aloneness. And I was listening to someone and he said, you are responsible you are responsible for your pain and so the hardest part is realizing that he was using me he doesn't love me he never loved me and that he is not my responsibility Mm -hmm. his health is not my responsibility he's not my responsibility he needs to figure it out himself, how he's going to take care of himself on December 1st when my open enrollment comes and I take him off of my medical insurance. Yeah, yeah. And that's the hardest part about me breaking free because the impact in me feels sorry for him because I know that he doesn't have it. But then too, I don't know he doesn't have it because I was thinking he couldn't pay the rent on his own, $1,700 a month, and he's doing it just fine mm-hmm. for the past seven months. So mm-hmm. it's me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I have to continue to encourage myself. You know, my sister talks to me, you know, and, and whenever I feel like I want to make that phone call again, I got to call somebody, get on my knees and pray and ask God to strengthen me because I cannot go back. I can't keep calling and going back there because every time I do, I, I get re-injured mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he doesn't love me. He's, and he'll, he, he doesn't even wear his wedding ring. So you know, he knows the triggers. So I got to, I had to, I had to realize I had to stop. Well, so, call me and I will help you. <laughs> yeah. Because you have a self, right. you have a negative self tape that goes on. Yeah. And the minute you hear it, it goes off like, call me and I help you stop that self tape. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you, 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 you got to stop that cycle. You got to recognize it and stop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, I'll go no contact for three or four weeks. And then after three, after, after three weeks, I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? You are right around over there up the street around the corner. Are you good? And then I read, and then now it takes me another two or three months or another, another silent treatment in order to get myself back together when I was doing so good for the three weeks that I was no contact. So I need to continue to be no contact and be okay with that and, and keep reminding myself this person doesn't love you. He's not capable of loving anyone, not even his own children. But that self, that thing that you do every three weeks when you get the urge to call him, it's still going to come back. But here's what I want you to do. When it comes back, I want you to check it. So, Michelle, how are you doing tonight? Yeah. You doing okay? where, where, where area are you not loving yourself in? That's that message you need to give to yourself. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You need yeah. to spend time with you. So when you get that urge, flip it back on yourself because it's something you're not giving yourself in that moment and you're reaching outside of yourself to find it mm-hmm. and you need to go back within. Yeah, yeah. So do, do, you, do you all? I'm sorry, Shay, go ahead. I said, that's so true. As I'm, I'm going through therapy mm-hmm. and um, I learned to, um, I met myself at the age of my trauma mm-hmm. at 11 years old. Um, I was molested and it's like, I put that blanket over. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear nothing about it. But as I, I had to pull that blanket off and I had to face that reality and 
I get a chance to go back and I had to revisit that trauma mm -hmm. and at, at my age now, and I'm reparenting myself from 11 years old up until in my thirties. And I said, all this that I wanted from somebody else, I'm actually getting a chance to give to myself all the lack, all the love that I never received. And my therapist, she stated to me that you can love Shay the way that you're looking for someone else to love her. And I'm like, what? I can, I can give myself some of that love. And it's like, wow. Like once you can actually give yourself that love and like get those roots up. So that way I, I look at it as a, a repellent. Once you heal those wounds, whatever it is, it could be abandonment, rejection, whatever they're sniffing, whatever they're preying on. Once you're, you pull those up from the roots mm -hmm. and you're able to identify and accept mm -hmm. it and actually work on it and becoming a, becoming a whole person, not a broken person. It's like, they just fall back. Yeah. It's like, it, it doesn't we, hurt as much. No. Touch it and no one can hurt you. Mm -mm. Is it, and, is it, and your strength runs them off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When they mm -hmm. cannot cause you to wrath or respond emotionally mm -hmm. it runs them away it runs them off <laughs> that's why we have to be we have to empower ourselves and like mm -hmm. you're saying love on ourselves yeah. that's the resiliency that you talked mm -hmm. about earlier is having that having that resilient bounce you know but you gotta touch your heartache yeah. you know I, I, it's, it's the same you know when i left you know, when you're 18 years old and you have three kids by the time you're 23, you know the names the black community call of you. Of course, and, of course. And, and the shame that you feel. And so I, that was the glue that made me stay because I didn't yeah. want them to think, oh, there was well, she just another black girl just having all those kids. But let me tell you something. I stayed. But my kids, I poured everything I could into them mm -hmm. for myself. I have an attorney. I have two teachers mm -hmm. and a and, and, and a son that's in IT. Mm -hmm. All of them have master's degrees. Mm -hmm. I poured into my kids what I could, what I didn't get. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even in the midst of your pain, I say that to say there's work to be done right in the midst of your pain. Mm -hmm. When you become one with your pain and you look up as to what is it that you need to do. God will move you mm -hmm. out of your pain and leave you with tricklets all along the way so that you can look back and see, yeah, I did, I did, because we sometimes we got to have reminders. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I can do, oh, oh I, yeah, I did that too. I can do that. And you can keep moving. Just trust him. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. trust him. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting, ladies, that you're sharing that um, your experiences and, and why it was so difficult to leave. Um, as I said, I recently realized that I left a lot quicker than other people, you know, um, but it feels like eternity, no matter what. I have a girlfriend that's coming in, you know, we're, we're wrapping up, but um, it feels like eternity, even though I was there just for a short period of time. Um, hold on one moment, guys, we're going to pause for a second. Um, but yeah, so, so when I'm, when I'm thinking and realizing that, you know, I left earlier than some people, um, I realized just how blessed I was, even though it felt like eternity forever that I was, I was in this relationship and something I'm hearing in the room is, you know, some of you are saying, well, I had to come to grips that he didn't love me. So for me, I didn't question if he loved me. Uh, I believe he showed me what he had. That's what he had. And um, he showed me an image of love that he knew because he loved love stories. Um, so he mirrored what he thought love looked like. And I responded to that and I accepted it. And we had this beautiful love for each other and adoration for each other until we didn't. You get what I'm saying? Um, and suddenly I realized that the love he had to give was toxic. It wasn't healthy love. That's all. It's what he had. 
it wasn't healthy. And why did I accept that was my question. But my mother's love wasn't healthy either. My mother's love was toxic. Mm -hmm. And I remember standing in his living area one day when my daughter was in the hospital. Um, we were about to be uh, catch a helicopter from Fort Belvoir to Bethesda. But I'd gone out to the house to grab something after being, there's a long story from the night before. <laughs> but I remember standing there and I said, oh, something happened in that moment. He was saying something negative. My daughter's in the hospital. I don't know what's wrong with her. We're going back and forth and he's showing zero real love, but he did drop food off to us. And, you know, kind of like that dog throw the bone. And I'm standing there and he's telling me that I'm ungrateful for that dog that threw the bone type of deal or throw the dog a bone thing. And I said, oh, you remind me of my mother. My mother's been dead for seven years. Mm. In that moment, I'm looking at this man toe to toe. And I realized he reminded me of my mother. I couldn't understand. I, could, I, don't, I don't even, I, even to this day, I don't know where it came mm. from. Where did that come from? Mm. I was in a familiar relationship in that moment. And it was that relationship mm. that I had with my mother. Knowing mm -hmm. that, well, you're with me and you're supposed to love me, right? And this is supposed to work. And, you know, and so, you know, I'm supposed to accept this. And then I realized he reminded me of her. And from that moment, you know, I, you know, had to get some more conversations going on my, with one of my girlfriends, a counselor. But then I realized I was like, you know what? Her love was toxic too. It's just toxic. It's mm -hmm. unstable. You can't hold on to it. It may be here today. It may be gone tomorrow. You know, it, it may show up. It may not. I mean, it was some unstable love. And that's what I was in with him. And that was the hardest part for me to, one of the hardest things for me to do was leave it because I had empathy and, and compassion because I thought he really, he really desired something that looked normal, but he just could never hold on to it. No matter how hard he tried. And again, there's a cycle and years and years and years of two-year marriages here, two-year relationship. This is him. And here was, I was caught now in his two-year cycle. I showed him, participated in the very thing that he was already doing behind me. And it was hard because you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to help him prove everybody wrong. We can make it longer than two years, right? <laughs> we can make it three years. We can, No. It was toxic and he was committed to that toxicity. And I remember once on one of my outs, he said, I said, look, it was toxic. It was unhealthy and I couldn't stay. And he says, even if it was toxic, you were supposed to stay. Mm. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when I heard the man that I loved so much say that to me and he was serious, I knew I could, I, I want no contact. I was sick. No matter how many times I ever talked to him after that, internally, I was, it was a complete block. I will never be with a person. And I, I would never tell my kids to do that. I would never tell my family. No one will ever hear me say to them, girl, even if it's toxic, child, you go ahead and work that out. Mm. This was his belief. So I was right all along that the love he had was all the love he could give, but it was toxic. And that doesn't work for a healthy person. Mm -mm. So he, he was trying to make me become unhealthy so that it would work so that ultimately he would discard me. Cause that's what happens. It doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> you, you're going to get the discard. Um, even if they're using you for 20 years, you're going to get it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So uh, ladies and Carol, you want to say hello really quick, Carol? Hello ladies. <laughs> hello. Carol. Carol, we're gonna have to do, we're gonna have to do an after show with you. Um, yeah. But uh, but ladies, um, again, it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and there's a lot of people that may hear this, and I hope that you all share this out. Um, and I hope that those that are dealing with some type of abuse or recovering, because you know we're still triggered by certain things, we're still healing. Um, I hope they hear something in our messaging tonight that helps them on their journey. Um, and Patricia, you hit it. I know I was talking to the young cause I got a 19 year old daughter at home and well, she's not really at home, but she's here. And um, so my heart, I'm really, really uh, conscious of my young girls when I see them in these relationships and social media ships, right?
but you hit it when you talked about the older women as well. Because we have been played a fool over and over again. Even at an older age. And so I want those ladies to take something from this as well, right? We're all doing pretty okay right now. I'm a couple years out. You know, Trish, I'm much like you, child. I mean, yeah, if he needed something, child, go do it for him. But I can leave him where he's at, right? Exactly. Now, that was not how I felt a year ago. A year ago, I hated him with everything inside of me. And then I had to deal with that hate. I had to deal with that. The real hate was I was angry because I stayed in some mess that I knew better. Mm-hmm. I knew better. So I was more angry at myself for allowing that time to be spent, you know, in a wasted relationship, fooling myself. But now I'm here trying to help others. I'm here and I'm much stronger and I'm, I'm trying to help other women see their value and know that it is not lying in the opinions of that abusive ex. It is not. So, ladies, is there anything that you would like to quickly share with those that are listening, a lesson that you've learned or a message you want to give to them, anything for them just to carry while they're on this journey? I, I want to say, sure. um, and you're yearning, Wait on God, because that's a, like when we just rush into most of the time in these relationships, they're always rushing you. And yes. that should be your number one red flag is when, oh, I love you. Let's get married tomorrow. That should be like for you to just take 10 notches back, take a couple steps back. Mm-hmm. Wait on God. Ask God mm-hmm. to show you and reveal to you who that person it's really right. is mm-hmm. and show their true intentions and their mm-hmm. ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. He won't leave you blinded. Sometimes you may not want to hear what he has to say or hear the truth for that matter, but wait on God and ask and let your discernment, like strengthen up your discernment so that way you're able to discern, is this person for me? And you'll able, you'll, your intuitions uh, yell out, learn how to be in tune to your intuitions. Um, mm-hmm. As you're going into any kind of relationship or friendship, mm-hmm. um, a relationship, any kind of, just let your, intuitions lead not lead but in a way lead like mm-hmm. let it let it do the work let it do what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. if that person is right you'll have that gut feeling if it's something that's off you'll have that gut feeling mm-hmm. so um allow god first and then trust your intuitions uh secondly yeah yeah and just now, remember just remember your your gut feeling is not going to be in alignment with your brain mm-hmm. Your brain sees what it wants and goes after what it wants. Your gut is an instinct. You got to trust the instinct. Yeah, that gut will be like, girl, no, leave, leave that alone. Don't take another shot. <laughs> Do not drink and drive. You know what I mean? Don't drink and drive. Like, you don't like, want to hear that truth. You need to stop right now. Right, right. Hear those troops when that love bomb is staged there, and that love bomb is going. You don't want to hear that. Oh, he's not the no. one. No, what he is you know the one. He, he loves me. Yeah. You don't want to hear that. All the attention you just, you know, something Patricia said, Shay, was that that older woman. It's like she reverts back to the childhood. That mm-hmm. young girl. He brings out this young girl, and you just mm-hmm. crazy in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that like that movie, A Fall from Grace where he was preying on those, those elderly women. That, like, she was recently divorced, and it's like he sniffed that out. Well, his mother mm-hmm. sniffed it out. And mm. she was lonely, and that was, that was his way in. Yes, I saw that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so true. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. And, pe- and mm-hmm. people think that that do not really happen. I'm thinking, no, yes, that happens all yeah. the time. But because it happens so often, this is why we women got to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. because sometimes when you're in this relationship you think it's just you remember yeah. you ain't telling nobody else right remember you ain't telling nobody hey i gotta shake the water so he knows i'm not in this bathroom <laughs> doing anything mm-hmm. right we laugh about it but ain't that the truth right because you know what nikki when you said that i got the image in my head <laughs> you see what i'm saying like Oh wait, you in the bathroom? What you doing in there? Cause I don't hear no water running. So now yeah. you you turn on the water yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So the next time that I did take a bath, I did just that. I let you hear the water splashing and everything. Yes, yes. He's taking the bath with the door open because 
you, it's, it's like this weird child parent relationship that suddenly is born or reborn and you start acting like the kid you start mm-hmm. you start showing up as that nine-year-old 12-year-old 13-year-old well the the wounded nine-year-old 13-year-old right with those unhealed wounds yes. from, like i missed you know your whole thing but the you know the whole looking at the childhood issues they are replaying in your relationship so yeah, absolutely you know like i said in that post today was there's a difference between taking the shame of like what they did to you versus also growing through it right and looking at your role in it which is different than being shamed it's not your fault but what was your what was your part in it what did you see that you're repeating your unresolved trauma pain because when you see it like what you were talking about with your mom when i saw things about my family and even over the summer i tried to bring them up to my family they don't want any part of healing they don't want any part of that journey. Why are you going there? Why do you have to bring this stuff up? This, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because it's important. Because if you don't see it and heal it, you can't grow through it, right? They don't want to do it. So I'm doing it without them, right? Yeah. But you can see almost why the lures and the traps and why you stayed and why you're reenacting, looking for that, what you didn't get. Yeah. And what they're giving you, like that mirror, they're giving you what you needed. Mm -hmm. right they're giving to you i mean i can give you a hopeful thing last week and for the first time like literally in six years i went on a date right like like a real date planned Mm -hmm. in advance whatever and you know i was so proud of myself because number one i felt happy i felt settled inside i felt no any ties to the outcome of it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and the guy had everything that on paper i would think i would want right Mm-hmm. And boy, did he, you know, start to sell it before the date, right? Like mm-hmm. he's a match.com guy, right? But he was intellectual. He was a lawyer and a farmer. So I'm an outdoor girls, but I'm also a book reader. We shared pictures of like our libraries and all our bookcases mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so we're on this date and it's going really, really well. And, but then as he gets into different conversations and I don't remember exactly how it got there, but it got into narcissism and behaviors and this and that. And I asked some direct, and I love that we could have an intellectual conversation, but I asked some direct questions. And let me tell you, I saw the light switch from this engaged active guy Mm -hmm. who had set the trap, knowing from my profile, everything that I needed and wanted, he was giving it to me. He was luring me in. And just like that, when he knew what I knew and what I knew about life and I wasn't buying some nonsense, like that switch went off and he was like, are you ready to go? And then like the, 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 the hug goodbye was like ice cold. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'm not getting a phone call and I don't want a phone call because in one day I didn't fall for shit that in the past years I might've been bought into because he looks like, like what I should want and I'll let that go and I'll let that go. And I, you know, it was just like simple questions, but the way I answered them clearly, I saw in his face and expression, everything changed from like three quarters of the night going great to he was done. And in, you know, hindsight, I was like, he was (laughs) certain he couldn't play me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he can't play me anymore. I'm not going to be played. Thank God for growth. Right. (laughs) Without waste, when you're talking about wasted time, yeah, right. Like how much wasted time? I did that in one date, not two years, not three years. Like I'm not waiting around to see what your answer is or whatever. I'm asking my questions now, and and it's not important questions. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I find it extremely hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Patricia, you you giggled. What's up? Because she put it right there at the very beginning. I mean, like she called him out, and he was like, "Look, I'm done. You're not, you're not playing with me." I'm not here just to fuel your ego. I'm not here to like. The game switched. Yeah, see in his face and whatever, and he thought he had me. He had laid the perfect trap. He showed all my interests, all my likes, the entire beginning of the day. He was setting me up. Right, that complete drawn, which they all do, right? They they give you what you need. They are trustworthy, they were honest, they're kind, they're thoughtful, they're considered. Oh. They put on the show 
and you buy it. And then once they've got your trust, then you start to see the real him. Mm -hmm. He was like, she ain't buying up. Oh, she ain't going to be real then. Mm -mm, mm -mm. See, that's why I said, I like love. Darkness can't live where love is at. So when you're really growing and you're chained and you're, and you're healthy, negative energy can't live where healthy energy is. It will run from it. It will repeal. He literally ran. He was literally like, are you done? I'm yeah. like, I'm going to have to drink left. It was so, like, it was entertaining on a whole different level. And, yeah. like, literally zero fallout. I had no response that, yeah, that's how that should go. You're not for me. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's, you know, uh, Carol, you missed our conversation. We've had a very powerful, deep, an informative conversation. But you summed up what we've been talking about in what you just shared, because we've talked about all of that. And here it is, you bring this one experience, right? right, <laughs> right. Exactly what we just shared over eight years, 20 some years, you know, two years, you know. Well, and that's what I'm saying. All the same. Things like for me, you know me so well, Queen, you know me better than them, but like, my, my marriage was with a covert, I mean, overt narcissist, right? Mm -hmm. Under his control, there was peace as long as he had his way, as long as I gave up my needs and whatever, and I was compliant, whatever. It was all peace in the land, right? I went from that to the covert narcissist because he, he gave me something, mm -hmm. right? But it was all a mask. He still mm -hmm. wasn't, it was just, the yeah. breadcrumbs were so much better than zero crumbs. Yeah, I fell in love with that one. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you're like, you, you can look at it and I'm saying, and, and that was so many years, whatever. And like, so then I'm seeing 30 something years, this many years, six years. And I'm like one day out. Like, yeah. I'm like, that's how it needs to be. Like, yeah. you know I, I, mean? I so hope that the listeners get to a place where they can cut it short quicker. Right. Because right. that's the objective. Is to it? Those years, those, this is, these are, we only get one life. Right. That we know of. This is all we got. How we spend it, a lot of that is up to us. A lot of that is up to us. Well, and you know, like you said, you, you your, your response, like when you were talking about your guy didn't respond to your daughter in the hospital and the things going on, right? Like my, my tipping point where like, you know, you know, like it's never going to be the same was, was back when they had told me in 2018, they stopped counting the lesions in my brain. I was losing, I lost vision. I was losing more and more motor control. They predicted complete blindness in a wheelchair by 220. Mm -hmm. I just came back from biking the entire country. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> right? So, and, and what was the difference? The truth was the inflammation in my brain went down as the bullshit in my life. And yes. I that, that cognitive dissonance of, I love him, I hate him. I love him, I hate him. They're telling me the truth. No, they're lying to me. They're the best thing that happened to me. He's the mm -hmm. devil. You, you know, like that complete contradiction that you're trying to sort out over and over was literally eating me alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all hear mm -hmm. that now. Listen, ladies. Eating mm -hmm. me alive. Like, I could show you. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm writing. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm writing a book. You'll see my MRIs. They're horrific. I'm in tears. And I'm telling this guy, I'm going to die. Like, in two years, I can't. I won't be able to read. I love to read. I'm not going to be able to read. I can't, I can't climb stairs anymore. I can't bike where's my life going to be? Yeah. And I'm debating, like, I, I'm like, I'm going to take an easy something and like bike off a cliff. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he literally from seeing him all the time, mm -hmm. I didn't see him for 10 months. Wow. And so when I needed one. him the most, now he'd write me, he'd text me, he'd make oh, empty God. promises, yes. you know? And then I literally had said to him, don't come back into my life. If you're not certain and he was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going to make it all right. I'm, he's got it all laid out. Mm -hmm. And I let him back in after 10 months. Mm -hmm. It took one night, though. That night, there was stuff that was off, and I called him out. He played the suicide card. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. he was, I called him out of his lives. And you know what I said for the first time in my life? With no Catholic guilt, no shame, I said, you should kill yourself. You're a horrible <laughs> human being. Like, what did you just say? I'm getting chest pains now. I'm getting chest pains. I'm like, you should run your car off the cliff. You should drive into a pole. You should die now. You're a horrible human being. Oh, you saw through it. You saw through the I saw through the game. Yeah. Previous times when he <laughs> said that, switch. I backed off yeah. because I really thought he meant it. Now I'm like, this is bullshit. This is whenever you're caught doing something awful. <laughs> you come up with like your suicide shit. And I'm like, do it. He didn't know what to do. 
He's like, what did you, I can't believe you said that. Like, I know I mean it. And he knew I meant it was the difference. Yeah. I'm like, I am done. Yeah. And that was really the, the beginning of like the end. It, it's funny that you're saying that because I think probably some of us have, have, have gotten, have had the experience of the suicide and things like that. And again, you know, suicide is so very serious. So I don't want to make light of that at all. Uh, unfortunately, when people use it as yes. um, partners can use the threat of suicide or suicide ideation to keep you trapped mm-hmm. Absolutely. and distracted from what's going on. You know, you know, after you go through it enough times, you can kind of pick up on That's what I'm saying. You, you can tell the difference. Yeah. The first two times I wasn't sure. So yeah. you're not going to call the block, yeah. right? Exactly. But, but what I learned to do in that, cause I had that same situation to happen. Uh, and I, I, I ran out there. I didn't know. I ran right out there. But then when I saw it being used as a manipulation tactic, the next yeah. time I said, you know what? I am a mandatory reporter. Right. Absolutely. I will call someone to help you because I don't want you to harm yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said it very it much. Away, right. It went right away. So right. if someone that you love an intimate partner and they're, they're abusive and they say they want to harm themselves, mm-hmm. please call someone to help yeah, them. Mm-hmm. Call someone to help them. Don't allow that to be the reason why you sit there in silence and begin to continue to take any abuse. So take the suicide as serious, the threat as serious, but call someone to help them. Unless you're trained to do it yourself and likely you're not, but call someone to help them because we we again we have to we have to learn how to arm ourselves right with the with the tools and i hope people that are listening can use some of the things that we're sharing with them tonight so um carol and uh, carol i'm going to get ready and wrap up our recording uh this is the end of our podcast and you can stay after the show um but i want the listeners to i just want to say thank you to the listeners um uh, patricia was there anything else you wanted to share before we close out tonight um I no. want the therapist to have the have the have a, an opportunity. I just I just wanted to let everybody know that the doing your work is, is the most important thing that you can do to not get in a situation like this again and to work through it. You know, there's strength in your story, mm-hmm. you know, and getting getting help post relationship is huge. Because as as Carol just said, there's a huge trigger. There's a huge line connected to past trauma. And normally it's trauma that has happened in your family, somewhere along those lines. Whatever has been broken there is working in your relationships. So when we can heal those parts that's broken, when we do trauma work, we don't necessarily, I don't necessarily go back and revisit all the trauma I visit the emotion of the trauma because it's the emotion that keeps driving, keeps circulating and percolating. And until you can connect the emotion with the thought, at least of the behavior that gives you your cycle, it will keep happening over and over and over again. All right, ladies, um, ladies, those of you that are authors, uh, you want to share really quick where the listeners can find your books um, and any other material that you may have uh, coming out? Yeah, you can get my book. Um, I have two books, uh, How I Made It Through for Your Glory and The Journey Continues for Your Glory Bye. by author Nikki Moore. <laughs> um, you can get uh, the second book, uh, The Journey Continues for His Glory on Amazon. And then both books on my publisher's website, which is lulu.com forward slash spotlight forward slash and capital N more 89. Okay. Thank you. Okay. As for myself, my book, it'll be released in uh, October, Lord willing. And um, I'm going to have it on the Amazon platform so you can download it and in an ebook or as a Kindle. So mm-hmm. once everything is published, I'll um, send the links out and so people can uh, download the book or purchase the book. Okay. All right. But it will be available on uh, Amazon. Okay. All right. And I know Carol, I know you're currently writing. So yeah. we, we, um, 
we'll be looking for your book and everyone that's on this particular call tonight, Carol, they're all in, in uh, my group, the support group that I have. Um, so we can stay connected there. So whenever you do launch your book, please put that link in there sure will. and um, let us know so we can pick it up. And Patricia, um, with your practice and uh, can you share where, uh, how people can get in contact with you if you're taking any clients or when you'll be taking clients or what this is going to look like? Well, right now I'm waiting for Virginia is so slow to send the license. Mm -hmm. I've called and they just take their time. So I'm waiting for the, my license to physically come okay. in the mail. Okay. They say that I have maybe another two weeks out. Mm -hmm. um, so right now you can reach me at ThriveWorks. I'll put my number in the, in the group. So it'll be okay. my own personal leads Okay. Um, for right now. Uh, that's where I'm at right now um we'll look about uh, my own practice coming soon so just okay gotta keep your ear to that i'm still kind of working some kinks out and trying to figure platforms and those types of things so i'll give my information to thriveworks which you can find me on there if you're in the virginia area i am remote so wherever you are in virginia i would be able to contact you so, so you don't see patients in maryland i'm not licensed in maryland i'm moving to virginia if you move, but if you come to, but if come to your sister's house, yeah, we Just can cross work the it. line. <laughs> cross the line. We, right, you come to your sister's house, we can work it out like that. Okay. Um, and I, I, again, I love working with women. That's my specialty is to work with women. Awesome. And, and as I, for me, everyone knows. I mean, I, I love um, coaching and supporting, uh, especially women that have been in. Uh, these types of relationships, abusive relationships, and or if you're just stuck, right? You're just stuck and you just, mm -hmm. you, you need someone to help and coach you up and help you see um, the things that you can't quite see um, within yourself. Um, you can always find me. I'm, I'm here. Uh, Bar Talks, the podcast, or find me on Facebook, on IG, Bar Talks underscore QLUV. Um, but I'm thankful for this opportunity to share space with you lovely ladies um and talking about something that is so um it is traumatic and um very personal very intimate um but this is a safe space and uh it's a no judgment zone because we've all been there and uh so i thank you know each of you for sharing this time with me um it just helps me to grow um and to learn more about myself and, and hopefully I'll be able to bless the other women that I come in contact with, with some of the things that I've learned from you ladies. And I hope the listeners um, as well. So I want to say thank you again. And Carol, thank you. You know, you came like a little quick storm and then you gave us so much. <laughs> this is my girl, Carol. So I, I'm so thankful for you dropping the nuggets that you dropped because it was like you were sitting here the whole time. Because <laughs> these are things we talked about, we shared, and um, so so thank you for coming, jumping in. Because we didn't go live, you just came in and talking our language. So uh, we appreciate that. You're welcome. So Bar Talks family, thank you again for listening. And um, this is your girl Queenie, and I'm out. <laughs>